This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern. Wardy here to guide you through this evening and pleased to be joined by Dave. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, absolutely uh, pleased to be here and really looking forward to this one. Yeah, so am I. Um, our special guest this evening started his career at the Sky Blues age seven rose up through the ranks, making his first team debut in 2017. He went on to make 130 appearances for the Sky Blues and was a key part of the club's rise up the leagues, scoring some brilliant goals along the way, including the League Two playoff final. And of course, talking about Jordan Shipley. Evening Shippers, thanks for coming on the hey, Sky Blues Extra podcast. Yeah, cheers for having me. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's really good to have you on. We've been, uh, been looking forward to this for a while. Um, so I suppose, first of all, you know, um, so your season's obviously finished a couple of weeks ago. Um, how have you been sort of relaxing since the uh, the end of the season? Um, yeah, it's been all right. I've been doing doing the stuff I don't normally do, like take the kids to school and you know um, chill out, help the missus clean the house, and that. It's uh, <laughs> a bit different, but uh, but you know, yeah, it's been it's been good. Obviously, been to the games and that as well, and you know, enjoying some golf time as well. So it's been it's been really good. Nice, obviously. Just to let listeners know, we're recording this two days after the uh, the Borough win, so we don't know the outcome of the uh, the playoff final yet. But you know, we 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 can't not really talk about it. Um, I know you were at the game shippers the other night. Obviously, a few videos of you starting songs and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, what what was that like? You know, coming as a fan, it must be a, it must be a nice experience for you. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a different experience. Obviously, I've been to a few games this season anyway, but they've been like Tuesday night games and. I haven't really, I've been sat like with like the family and friends and stuff. I haven't really been in involved with the fans. And so, yeah, it was nice to, uh, it was nice to go. I went to the game Sunday. Uh, we sat in the the North stand uh, behind the yeah. goal, which was pretty good, you know, and, uh, and obviously the game against Middlesbrough was, was crazy. And 
yeah, it was a great experience um, to be there, to be honest. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And you, you must be impressed with, you know, what's going on at the Sky Blues. And obviously, you, you know, you're a fan yourself and have been, you know, all your life. Um, how, how pleasing has it been for you to sort of see how, how the club's been progressing? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's great. Obviously, um, you know, coming from the League One relegation to then League Two and then all the way back up. I mean, the club, the club is at where, where it should be. And uh, it definitely can go that one more step to get back where, where they should be now uh, in the Premier League. And, you know, hopefully the, the boys can do it. Fingers crossed. We never yeah, know. People might be listening to this and we might be there, hopefully. We, yeah. we don't know. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, a bit of news as well with, with the Robin's new contract as well for another four years, which was obviously amazing news. Um, he's obviously done a brilliant job. I know you've obviously, you know, worked, you know, worked under him for, for a number of years. You must think very highly of him. Do you do you stay in touch with him? Are you are you close with Mark Robbins? Um, I, I don't really stay in touch with him, but I mean, when I see him, we always, we always have a chat and stuff. And, you know, he's, uh, he was the one who, who brought me into the first team who gave me my chance and, uh, I'll always be forever grateful for that. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's done a fantastic job and, you know, he deserves, he deserves a new contract and, um, hopefully, you know, they can kick on and get to the Premier League and, you know, hopefully stay in the Premier League, but, you know, all the staff there are fantastic as well. Um, you know, AD, AD, um, Marshy, Kitman, you got Den, uh, Dennis as well. He's a, he's a top coach and, yeah. um, yeah, they're, they're all great. And so it kind of, it really works for them and hopefully it can carry on. Yeah. We've, we've had a few, um, players, next players on, and we always ask about Robbins and actually it's interesting. People always mention the wider staff, like especially AD. We had Marshy on as well. He was, he was brilliant. He was such a good yeah. laugh. Yeah, he's so it man. seems like there's a really good group there and, Obviously, the players really, you know, really get on well with them, which is nice to hear. Yeah. Um, obviously, your your first season at Shrewsbury, um, I know you played a lot of games this season, um, which we as fans have obviously been really pleased to see. Um, how would you sort of assess your your season at Shrewsbury? How's it been going for you? Um, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's been different being the the new face, at, you know, at, um, at a club. Uh, but the boys, that they took me in great. They're, they were a great bunch of lads. Um a really good dressing room and uh yeah you know we we started off the season fairly well then we picked up and we had we had uh we went on a run like seven games undefeated we won seven games in a row and you know we were near the playoffs and everyone was thinking oh here we go this this could be it and then obviously we we hit a bump in the road we had injuries along the way we got a small squad as it was so it was uh it was difficult towards the end but i mean personally i played I played 50 games, 48 starts, two two sub appearances, and that was, you know, the main reason why I just I wanted to go. I wanted to play football, and you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the for the club for giving me the opportunity to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to hear about some of the current stuff, you know, that you're doing at, at Shrewsbury. Um, brilliant to hear about, you know, still co- keeping up with with Mark Robbins. Um, with a lot of these the podcasts that we do with the players, we like to try and take our listeners on a journey of your your footballing career and that all starts obviously you know from your background and your upbringing around around football um what was your sort of earliest football memories and and how did you get interested in football uh sort of watching and playing um I've, I've always I've always played football even if that's in the garden you know kicking the ball against the fence 
and my dad yelling at me telling me don't, <laughs> don't kick that ball out. Like, I've, I've always been doing that sort of stuff so um, I got into a team when I was younger and then it kind of it kind of went from there my, my dad and granddad came on the journey with me and you know ever since I said ever since I could walk I was kicking a ball uh, I played Saturday Sunday league when I was when I was younger I played on the Saturday for a local team called Tasmanian Cruisers Juniors because there was two at the time there was Juniors and what was the other one Cruisers Cruisers I don't know anyway there was another team so there was two of us uh, and then I played on the Sunday for Leamington Hibs yeah. um, but both both age groups were the year above me so I never played for my age I played with year above um, and that's kind of where I, just, I started falling in love you know everyone I used to be a striker believe it or not you know I, I one season I scored 72 goals in one season and it was like oh, that's when I started yeah that's when I started to fall in like, I just wanted to play football all the time and you know tournaments and all that I, was, I loved it even even at Cobb I still played in tournaments like when I was younger so yeah. you're not meant to when you're when you're in the academy you're not meant to play in tournaments but I still did and um, yeah, I just I just love playing, really. Yeah, brilliant. No, and that we hear that a lot, you know, um, on, on the podcast around. It's just that that hunger to be playing every, you know, every minute you can. You, you know, you're you're out the door. You you still got your dinner. You're chewing it, and you're running into the back garden, and still, you know, chewing your mouth and playing football. But um, yeah, we we hear that all the time, and it's really interesting around that academy stuff. That it's difficult because you can get taken away from the friends and that you play with and then you know it's sort of the school football and and some of that and you, yeah. you sort of you, you want to still play with your, your peers right and, and and continue yeah well I mean it, the academy football is great because you know you're playing against lads similar ability and you know it's competitive but like you're missing out on um the other stuff you know the the prizes the trophies and you know yeah. with your friends that you could win and you know everyone's talking about doing that and then you're you know playing but then again you're playing against us I used to play against Villa I used to play against Callum O'Hare all the time and it was like on one hand it was gutting that you're missing out on that but then on the other hand you know you're making a pathway for yourself later on in life and you know it was kind of the way that it it went and you know luckily for me now I'm thankful you know that I got given the chance to go and you know I wouldn't change it for the world I think there's a lot that's not talked about around the commitment from both players and and the surrounding family that they have to to do, you know, around what it what it what it is to become, you know, a professional footballer. Really, especially in this day and age now, there's a lot of commitment isn't there on those sides to to be able to leave school and get off to training, and it's a couple of times a week, and like you say, your weekends. It's it is a lot of commitment. Yeah, no, I mean, my my dad used to take me all the time when I was younger. He He'd come home from work um, late nights and I'll be training, say, seven till nine some nights. And, you know, he'd be coming through the door at six o'clock, oh, quick shower, get changed, off we go. And, you know, we'd it'd just be like, even on, um, so we used to play on Sundays when we were younger mm-hmm. and he'd be working Saturday nights and uh, he'd come back Sunday morning, say, six o'clock in the morning or whatever and he'd quickly have a shower and then drive drive me all the way over to Cardiff to to play in a game there and because obviously he wanted to go watch. So it's it's an unbelievable like commitment from from his part and from my whole family as well. You know, my, I didn't start driving until I was 
two years ago, so I was 23. So yeah. my granddad, my granddad retired, and he used to take me to, you know, Wrighton for for the past since I got my pro contract. Um, so that was a massive commitment on his part as well because you know he had to. Everyone would be like, "Oh, I can I have a lift? Can I have a lift?" And he'd be like, "No, I've got to take Jordan's football. I've got to, you know, I've got to look after Jordan first. And you know, I, I can't thank them enough for for what they've done for me. Yeah, incredible. Um, growing up, we often hear a lot of people model themselves on on different players. Um, it was interesting to hear that you obviously started off as a striker. So I'm sure you had a few uh, heroes growing up. But yeah, who were they, and who did you maybe model yourself up on? I the, the funny thing is, I was a, I was a striker, but I never. I really um, modelled myself on a striker. I kind of modelled myself on um, Steven Gerrard. Yeah. Because that was the kind of player that I wanted to, like, become, I'd say. Obviously, when you're younger, you just wanted to score goals and, you know, run around and celebrate and whatever. But but later on, obviously, I, I wanted to play in the midfield and I wanted to be that box-to-box player. Um, and really, I mean, he kind of stood out for me massively with uh, his leadership and his his qualities that he has. So, yeah, I think Gerard was the the big role model for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we obviously know that you're a Sky Blue supporter. You talked yeah. about the the game the other day. What was your first memory of of Sky Blues and, and, and commentary games? Um, so I, when I was in the academy, you know, we... We got some. Obviously, we we used to get free tickets, and I used to go all the time um, yeah. with my dad, with my granddad, and then uh, with my uncle Ian as well. I used to he used to take me over uh, when when my dad obviously couldn't, and you know I just remember watching them games with we had we had Doyle in the team at the time, and you know later on I went to play with him, which was crazy. But yeah, obviously going to the I never got to go to um, Highfield Road, but uh, you know to to go there to the it was the Rico at the time, obviously the CBS now. It was yeah. it was just like your mind, like you just think, wow, like I'd do anything to to play here or I'd, I'd do anything to be on that pitch for them. And yeah, it was it was just great really. It's great to watch them and kind of then be your role models as well. Yeah, really absolutely. Good. I'm not gonna share my favorite cov player growing up because it will just show my age and everyone will uh, understand how old I am. So I'm gonna ask you instead, your favorite cov player growing up did you have anyone that you watched week in week out that you were like yeah that's I, I did like I did like Michael Dorr just the way he was around the pitch and for me that was kind of my first um insight to watching cov play being yeah. there but uh but then I, I like McSheffrey as well I thought he yeah. was really good player um and then even push it I like I like Misford yeah, I thought I thought he was I thought he was really good yeah. when he was at club. So, um, so yeah, it was, you know, them three players really stood out for me. I'm sure those three players would be in a lot of people's uh, choices. Yeah. So, yeah, good picks. Just... Obviously, you talked a lot about the academy. You were obviously seven when that you know you signed there. Like, how, do you do you remember that happening? Like, how does that sort of happen as a, as a kid? You're obviously very very young. Do you remember like the conversations about it, and what do you remember from it? I, I, it was kind of all started. Um, I was playing for uh, Lem Hibbs in a tournament. Um, I was playing the year above, um, and I was, I was scoring goals, and you know I was just having fun really. And there was a scout watching for my age group. He was watching the games and that. And then, luckily, a parent kind of said, um, 
like I was playing a year above to go over watch, and he was like, "Oh no, I, you know, I'm looking for this age." And he was like, "No, he's he's this age, but he's playing over there." And so then he came over and he he watched, and I scored a few goals, and we won the tournament. And then um, he came he came over to me and he he asked me um, where where my mom and dad were, and I was like, "Oh, I was like, I was only what, six at the time. I was like, oh, over there somewhere." Like, and then he went over. Uh, talk to him and that and then my mom and dad called me I thought what have I done here I've done something <laughs> wrong um, and then yeah he just basically said do you want to come do you want to come for a trial um, at Coventry City and I, I was like yes like definitely um, so his dad was like well there you go that's the answer and we kind of just went from there but uh, the funny the funny story was I turned up uh, a day early so I went to on the wrong day and um <laughs> The the year above, we're playing against um, Northampton uh, in the in like just a friendly, and it was like um, Madders, uh, yeah. Kelly Evans, Dion Kelly Evans, Ben Stevens, all them boys, and um, yeah, we, I ended up playing with them. And I did I did well, and um, I think I scored I scored a few goals, and then. Um, the next training session, the next day, uh, Steve Steve Grzovic came up to me, Oggy, and he he was like, uh, he's like, do you like, do you want to sign for um, for Cobb? And I was like, oh, you're gonna have to ask my dad because he's <laughs> he's the one who drives me, so I'm I'm not sure. Like, and then he was like, uh, he went over to my dad, and my dad was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if he want, if you have to ask him, but if that's what he wants, and he said, oh no, he told me to ask you. <laughs> but then yeah, I just signed that day, so it was kind of really just a one day signed straight away and yeah and I'll never look back after that that's that's amazing yeah and obviously you, you mentioned players like Madders there um yeah, there's obviously clearly some really good players come out of the Cov Academy you know Wilson Madders etc um in terms of your age group and the players you were sort of in and around who were the sort of standouts for you who were the ones you looked at and thought yeah they're gonna they're really gonna make it um with with my age group I think there's still a few in the in the football league now I think I think Basala at that time, Basala's at Crew, I think. Yeah. And uh, Corey, Corey Adai, you know, when we got our scholarship, Corey's at Crawley. He's playing now and he's doing well. Um, and obviously, there's still a few lads like Callum Maycock. He's playing in Solihull. Um, yeah. And, and obviously, you know, some some are not really playing as much anymore, but it was kind of, uh, it, was, it was a good group. It was, um, we had some good times, uh, but the, like, I think um, I think for us the the main group were the year above us because the year above us excelled massively with Madders Stevenson the two Kelly Evans um, Ian Harris George yeah. Thomas I mean they had they had a great group and you know uh, yeah I think they were probably you know the best players that I played with so I played with them most weeks as well um, so yeah it was really good. And a lot of players talk about, you know, big influences on them when they were younger, you know, coaches and different individuals <coughs> that were around them. Um, was there anyone in particular that was sort of really key to your development and, and sort of influenced you when you were younger? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I when I joined the academy, it was obviously you had Oggy and stuff there. and um, But then Richard, Richard Stevens came in. And he was um he was massive for 
for my academy career coming through kind of took me under his wing and you know really looked after me and you know um he taught me he taught me a lot really and um yeah I'm, I'll always be forever grateful for him as well because you know it was I went through obviously some tough stages in the academy where he had injuries and stuff like that and you know he reassured me that I'll you know, I'll be all right and I'll when I'll get back and I'll get playing I'll be in the first team some someday and you know um looking back on it he, he had a really big part in my uh, my journey towards that, you know, I still keep in touch with him now as well. Um, I think he's still at West Brom as um, they had the academy there. Uh, so yeah, he uh, he had a massive influence. But then also you have a I had Andy Crabtree, uh, Jason Farnden, um, Luke Tisdale, all them guys as well coming through, and you know, they all they all had a big part of my journey. And uh, yeah, it was great to. Uh, to get knowledge from them, you know, to uh, to be where I am now. Yeah, and you mentioned about breaking through into the, the first team. Um, that came in the League Two season. Um, the club were obviously a, a bit of a low position. It's been through a lot of lot of turmoil, I guess we could say. But for you personally, it must have been really pleasing. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was kind of a little bit unexpected it wasn't like I was you know I was going into that season being gonna you know you're gonna play it was kind of uh it was kind of like a fresh slate you know league two um we went into it and it was kind of like a just try and impress really um yeah you know obviously we did our trips to Spain like what we usually do and you know we worked really hard over that that um that summer and then Obviously, coming in, it was like a a free hit, really, for us, for us young lads, and you know, for the for the players that were there, and it was kind of, you know, towards towards the start, like to, just after a couple of games in, and there was a few injuries or you know whatever, and then I kind of just got and sneaked on the bench a little bit, and then kind of got my chance, you know, after that, it was really good. And I think it's fair to say you, you announced yourself, you know, to the Sky Blue Army um, before that, but there was a worldy free kick at Luton that we can't not talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was a great day. I mean, that was, I didn't expect going into that game that, you know, something like that would happen. Um, but yeah, to uh, to get that goal, it, I mean, it was credible. It was kind of like a, I remember it all happening and, you know, he went down, got, he got sent off and then, um, Dukins wanted, Dukins Nazan wanted to take the free kick and I was, I was kind of like walked away thinking, oh, all right. And then it was the, the gaffer, uh, shouted over, he's, shippers, shippers, you take it. And like Dukins was looking at me like, oh, so I, I didn't have time to think. It was just kind of step up to the ball and hit it. And yeah, maybe I should do that more often to be honest, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it was yeah, it was a great strike, and you know that was probably one of the best away days that we had that season as well. So yeah, it was great. Yeah, there was also you know we we beat Cheltenham six one to secure playoffs. Um, that must have been a highlight, obviously, for the season. It was all building towards that point, but that must have been a, yeah. a really really great day. Yeah, it was very it was very weird. We we were going into halftime. Was it like four? Was it four nil? Yeah, 4-0, yeah, 4-0. 4-0, I think, yeah. yeah, and it was kind of like a weird. It was kind of like it felt like 
the game was over already, but we still had a second half to play. And it was kind of like we needed to get, we got brought back down to, you know, earth at half time and it was kind of carry on from there. But uh, there's some of the lads that played in that Cheltenham team who play in Shrewsbury now with me. And obviously they were, they were like, yeah, it's probably one of the worst days in their career and all that because just because <laughs> of the the 6-1 defeat, you know, Max scoring an overhead kick and it was like, they were like, what's going on here? But uh, but yeah, no, it was that was a great day and, you know, that kind of really sealed it for us to get in that playoff spot, really. And and those sort of days for the Sky Blue started to keep coming, really. Um, and we talked about Max Biamu, uh, an overhead kick. Um, and then we had the playoffs, Notts County away, another huge highlight. Um, and yeah, Max come up with some goods that night as well. Yeah, I mean, Max, I mean, what a player. What a player he was. Uh, he still is now, but he... Um, yeah, he really came on that season himself and, you know, he was a massive part for that, for us winning that um, playoff final as well. So he's a great guy. I mean, I'm, I'm sure all the fans love him because of just who he is. You know, he's got time for everyone and he, um, yeah, he's he played a massive part that season with with uh, Sparky, McNulty as well. And, you know, the whole team, it was it was kind of like a, we kind of get to the, get to the playoffs and then, you know, it'll kind of take its course from there. And it, you know, felt like in that, at the second leg, you know, once we scored the two goals, it was like, yeah, we've, we've won this here. And, you know, and we'll, we'll see Exeter in the final. But yeah, it was good. How did it feel uh, like going going to Notts County? Was that we heard from, we spoke to Doyle and he, he said that, you know, once he turned the corner in that coach and all of the flares and the, the arrival, um, he, he never sort of felt in doubt. It weirdly that it was going to, you know, there was some momentum, I think, with, with with Coventry that night. Did did you feel at any point that, obviously it's a tough game, but, and we're going away, but did you feel that it was ours to sort of lose, I guess? Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like, obviously I was, I was still young then, so I was, I was nervous as anything. And, you know, it was a massive game for the club and for myself. And it was like them, I knew, I knew about the, the fans setting the flares off before because it was kind of like a pre-match strategy that they were going to do. And, you know, it gave all the boys a buzz because most of them didn't know. And it was like, belly out, like, it was it was amazing. And then, obviously, the game, when the game went on, um, you know, we went 2-0 up and it, we had a few scary moments, didn't we? Either there was an offside goal or whatever it was and yeah, everyone was a bit, ooh. But, yeah, I mean, after that, it was... The last 15, 20 minutes were just great. And the fans that day were amazing. They they sung their hearts out and it it just pushed us that little bit more to, you know, get there. And it was probably it, that was that's probably the best away day I've ever had. And um the celebrations at the end were, were great as well. Yeah. And that took us, of course, on to Wembley for the final. Um we heard about again Doyle telling everyone to drink water. What do you remember from the build-up for that game? And like, if you were nervous for Notts County, then I'm sure yeah. you were just as nervous for this one. Yeah, I was rumoring. I'm still rumoured him now, but I was rumoured Tom Bayliss at the time, and you know we were nervous wrecks, two young lads <laughs> freaking out playing at Wembley, and it was like, oh, and uh, obviously Doyle saying, you know, drink water, drink water, get all the water down you. But as a young lad, you don't really think about that, so. Obviously, you were drinking water, but you you probably didn't drink as as much as you should have. Um, and we got to the game, and I mean that that was um, that was just 
like the heat down in the pitch was incredible. And obviously I suffer I suffer with cramp a lot. So I was like, oh, oh no, I'm in big trouble here. Um but yeah, I mean the way um the way Doyle was, he, you know, he he's such a good leader for the team that we had at that time. And, you know, he was a massive, massive part of why we got promoted because I remember him being out for a few seasons and a few games and then coming back and it was like a big, big boost for us. So, you know, he, he was that leader to push us over the line. And obviously that, that game, it, we went in at half time, nil, nil. And, you know, everyone was a little bit nervy, but then Gaffer was like, look, stay calm. We score a goal. We'll get another one. And, that was it, really, and Willis hit that strike. And I mean, off he hasn't hit a better ball than that in his whole career. I'm telling you, he he hit it, and as soon as he hit it, because I was near enough behind it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's in." And then, uh, obviously, you know, my goal was was pretty good as well. <laughs> it took a big deflection, but yeah, I'd, I'd take that any day. And then Grimmer's goal was phenomenal in his weak foot as well. And that's that's when you knew, yeah, this is our day. This is it, and. um yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great day out. That was the that's the amazing thing I think about these podcasts. There'll be lots of people listening, a complete range of ages, and they would all have had the dream that you've actually made a reality, which is scoring in front of forty thousand Sky Blues fans at Wembley. Like it doesn't really get much more magical than that. Um, just talk us through a little bit about that and how that made you feel. You know, both. You know, maybe drew in. I know you probably just lost your mind, but also after when the reality set in of like what, you know, that feat, like how you'd achieve that. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I just remember the ball going down the line, and I was just screaming for it from um, Sparky, and I, was, I just kept screaming for it. And then luckily, he just, you know, he just rolled it to me, and it, it fell perfectly. But as the defender was coming out, I've hit it. It's hit him, but I've gambled over the defender. So I haven't I haven't seen the ball go in the back of the net. All I heard was the roar. And so that's when I got up, looked, seen it in, and I was just like, oh, like, what has happened? I've scored at Wembley for Carl in front of 45,000 fans. And I just completely lost my head. And then I did a knee slide. And I got cramped doing the knee slide. And I was like, oh, no, this ain't good. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was completely mental, um, mental, mental feeling. There was it's probably the best thing I've ever had. And it was just so surreal in that moment. Um, you know, the adrenaline's pumping everything and you just, you just, I don't know. It's hard to put into words how you feel at that time, unless you actually like feel that moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a great, a great moment for me and, a great moment for my family as well because my missus and kids were there as well. Kid at the time, I got kids, but <laughs> yeah, they they were there as well, and it was um, it was yeah, it was great. I know my my granddad was there as well. Actually, he was in where I did the knee side. He was in the um, middle section, right in front of it, and uh, yeah, it was probably you know the best the best place to do a knee slide. To be honest, that's amazing, and imagine some big celebrations afterwards. Oh yeah, there was <laughs> there was some big stuff. I had a migraine though, so I was. I, it was the, the worst time, honestly. The worst time to get a migraine it was on the way back. We got in, we went to the, we went to Fizzy Moon in town in uh, in Leamington. It was kind of like I got in there and I was, oh, I was like, I don't feel well. I was like, I got this pain in the back of my eye, 
And I was thinking, oh no, please don't be a migraine, please don't be a migraine. I said to Pauline at the time, she was the the physio. I said, Pauline, you got any paracetamol? <laughs> and she like she was like, oh yeah, yeah, I got some, I got some. So I took them, but then it still wasn't going. So I I actually went home. I went home and slept. I slept for an hour. I woke up and it was like half 11, 12 o'clock. And I was like, all, all the boys were over in um, Kasbah and Cobb. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so I'll, I'll make up for it. So That's I went funny. back to sleep and then, you know, I, I definitely made up for it for that week. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was great. It was great fun. And, you know, the, 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 the best part about it is sharing it with everyone else. And yeah, it was great. I love that Pauline, the, the physio, who's out on the night out. That's brilliant. Oh, was, all of them were there. All the staff members. Yeah, Gaffer, yeah. Gaffer was in there as well. Gaffer, AD, all the, all, everyone was in there. It was class. I imagine uh, Pauline might have had a few calls in the morning for some paracetamol for some yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, a few, a few <laughs> lads would have needed it. Yeah, we had a, we had a good we had a good drinking group back then though, so it went too bad. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Obviously then we obviously went to League One. Um, a lot of people do talk about it actually as like really important season that season. So we had to sort of consolidate a little bit, didn't we? Um, yeah. I know we sort of just kind of missed out on the playoffs, but it felt like quite an important season to stabilise a little bit. Um, but still some brilliant highlights. I mean, the Sutherland 5-4 sticks out yeah. in my memory. I know you scored that day. Um, yeah, tell us a bit about that season, obviously that game in particular. Uh, so yeah, that season was a little bit um, a little bit different because obviously I came from the season playing playing every, pretty much every game in League 2 to then coming come into League 1 season. I didn't I didn't start that season, but I was still coming off the bench and I was, I was still playing in games. And, and I got to like... Um, after the January, February, when I started playing more, and then obviously I went on. Oh, it all started with the Sunderland game where I scored. Um, actually, it was a Luton game before Luton, Luton away at Kenworth Road. That was before when I yeah. I played that yeah, game. I that. Yeah, yeah. I came on because someone got injured early on. The one more draw was it that one? Yeah, yeah. Someone got injured. It was on Sky, wasn't it? I, yeah, green. Someone kit. got injured early on and. I came on, obviously I scored that and then it kind of built momentum for me towards the end of the season. And then um, obviously the Sunderland game was incredible, um, incredible atmosphere, um, hostile, but it was it was good. And obviously, uh, yeah, to win that game 5-4 was just amazing as well. And, you know, the goal, you know, I still watch it on Netflix here and there and <laughs> <laughs> have, the, have them crying about it. But yeah, you know, it's uh, it was a great day out for us and, yeah, you know, them them memories will live long. 
when, when it came out on Netflix, did you skip to that episode? Or did yeah, you I did. Yeah, I did. I didn't <laughs> want to watch the rest of it. I just wanted to see my goal and, you know, see him all moaning about it. But, I think, yeah. uh, I don't think you're the only one who, who skipped to that, that episode. <laughs> uh, no, everyone, yeah, everyone did. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was very good to see us on there. Um, and let's move on a bit, obviously, talk about the, the League One promotion season. Obviously, a lot of Cough fans' favourite season. Um, you know, there's a lot of recruitment in that summer. Brought a lot of lot of quality into the side. Um, a lot of players we spoke to said they were very impressed with with players coming through the door. Did you get a sense that like we were signing some really good players and that we were on for a good season? Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, we um we signed some great players that that season, and the the formation change that we had as well was it kind of worked so well with the players that we had and you know with the likes of um the team that obviously the team we had with Marco and Goal and Fanky. You had um, Rosie, Fads, Dom, Sam McCallum coming through. I mean, he he was amazing as well. And then Kells, the rock of the midfield with Walshy, the magician. I mean, he he was incredible, incredible. I, I, only player I think I've played with and trained with better than him is like Gus is Gus Hamer. But I mean, he was phenomenal for us, uh, Walshy, and then. Obviously, then you had the rotation with me and Zane and Callum and Jamie, which was which worked really well. And then God is up top. And he was phenomenal that year as well. So, yeah, that that season was just you know we brought in some really good players, and it kind of felt from the the day dot that we were going to go on and do something special that season. Yeah, yeah, like we talked through that team. It was it was class. Um, and a lot what's been talked about a lot is the team spirit as well um, oh, yeah. of that team. I mean. What what was that like? What was the dressing room like that year? It it sounds it sounds weird, but um that season it was like we were going into games knowing and feeling like we were gonna win. It was like uh it was like a momentum. So we had our blips here and there with you know the Rotherham game where we, we got you know battered really. And then um, you know, the tram here at Bur- at Birmingham at the time, it wasn't obviously at home, but um that Tranmere game where we we batted them but we couldn't score and then they scored and it was like but the the team spirit that we had then so we we lost to Tranmere but we we still went out on a we still went out on a Sunday session because it was on a it was on a Sunday wasn't it we all we all still went out and had a good time and you know it was like everyone kind of knew like it was just a blip then we go on to the next one do you know what I mean and um yeah that season just I think I can speak for everyone it has I said it just felt like we were going to win something that season and um yeah it was great obviously you touched on it there we were playing in Birmingham as someone who's been around the club for such a long time was it we we're obviously having a good season but was there a mixture of feelings obviously playing away from the the Rico must have felt a bit strange for you personally yeah obviously you know Covered. I'd been through that before with um, playing at um, Sixfields over at Northampton. You know, I I went over there a couple of times to watch to watch a couple of games as well, and you know, it, it just didn't feel right. But at the same time, they were they were great with us. Um, you know, all the stewards, all the staff that were there, they were they were all great. And you know, obviously, it wasn't our home, but it we made it as much as we could be. And uh, I think our home form that season was pretty good as well. Like. So, um, so yeah, it was obviously different, but I mean, that pitch, the pitch at St. Andrews that we played on was like a footballing pitch. It was, it was flat, perfect grass. 
you know, we could pass it along and that's the that was what we wanted to play that season and it kind of worked it worked for us. Um obviously the crowds we we didn't get a, a bigger crowd than what we would have at home, but at the same time the people that went over there they made so much noise that you didn't feel like it was less fans there. And um yeah, I mean all credit down to them and it was it was a great season. Obviously, good season for you personally. I think you scored seven goals that season. Um, did you have a favourite? Um, was it a Doncaster away? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, one. into the corner. That one. Yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed that goal. But that that celebration, the aeroplane celebration, was literally <laughs> ten minutes before kickoff, and it was like um, someone started talking about doing the aeroplane or something, and so we were like, right, if if one of us scores, we'll all do the aeroplane. And um, thank, thank you. As thank you, as like, yeah, if you score, I'll do it. And so you see him on the video when he starts really early across the whole whole pitch, basically. Oh, it was so funny. And then, yeah, it was kind of like an iconic thing from there on. But um, yeah, I mean, we had some we had some good good games that season. I mean. God has Wickham away. Wickham away was the the turning point for the whole season, to be honest, yeah. for us our, and our away form. Um, God has scored the hat trick. You know, me doing the little flick, and that's that's probably the best assist I've ever done. I think if I try it again, I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just a great season, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that um, that Wickham goal will will definitely yeah. uh, be long in the memory that that Doncaster one as well that I think it's on the video when I think you're doing the airplane there's some bloke in the crowd giving it absolute stacks <laughs> so good yeah I get that a lot to be honest um, my <laughs> celebrations get yeah get a lot of uh, verbal abu- abuse from the fans but yeah it's all right I don't mind it you, you got to do it haven't you you got to enjoy yeah, the exactly, moment yeah. you got to enjoy the moment um obviously the the season sort of grinded to a halt um after Ipswich um because of covid how frustrating was that for you as a player um yeah it, it was it was very frustrating obviously we were still doing zoom calls like like we are now and it was like um it was like we we're doing we were doing push-ups sit-ups like this whole circuit thing of uh whilst we weren't off and you know it was it was weird it was just weird everyone being in in lockdown and not you know not us not being at work and not kicking a ball around and it was um it was different, obviously, but you know, it was kind of like we we kind of felt we all had a chat about this. We kind of felt like if we went back, it wouldn't have mattered. We would have carried on where we left off, kind of. Um, and yeah, it it was kind of we were all waiting for the text, being like, "Right, lads, we're in tomorrow or, or whatever." You know, let's get ready. But you know, it, obviously, it never came, and you know, we got we got given the obviously the title from it. Um, we wanted we all wanted to go back and play and win it properly. But you know, uh, we'll take we'll take the medal and the trophy. Yeah, obviously the news came through. Um, obviously, a really strange way to find out you've won the league. But yeah, was it was it a mixture of feelings? Sort of when when you heard the news. So we we found out a few hours before. Obviously, it came out because we um, we got told. Um, but yeah, it was a bottle of champagne straight away popped in the garden, and you know it was uh, it was it was amazing. Obviously, none of us had haircuts either, so. <laughs> but uh, we all obviously we all met up <laughs> we all met up for the for a, a few drinks and whatever at the at the training ground that night and yeah it was it was a great night you know to spend with the lads and it was 
memories that you didn't you didn't think it'd be like that at the you know coming to it but then you know right now it was a it was a great night and it was a it was a great memory to have to be honest and covid obviously continued uh to hinder i guess football um and yeah no no different we'd been promoted to the championship and then we had to start our season um, and it was not going to have any fans there. It was behind closed doors. I think at the time, a lot of people were really gutted because we'd made it to the championship. I think everyone was confident that we could stay there. But at the same time, you know, you've got fans that want to tick off their 92 grounds and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, it must have been a bit odd not having fans there behind you. I mean, I know AD makes up for quite a lot of people. <laughs> but... yeah. yeah, you can hear him. You can hear him on the... <laughs> on the TV and that, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, the not having the fans there was was just a very weird feeling. It was like playing a twenty threes game at a stadium. It was, uh, you know, it worked. It worked for some lads. You know, it kind of worked for me to be honest. You know, you had that little bit less pressure than you know what what you would have. But uh, yeah, it 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 was very very weird. You know, you could hear echoes and people shouting and. You know, not things that you normally wouldn't hear, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a weird one, but it was uh, it was good to experience. And how did you find it personally adjusting to that level? You know, that step up again from from League One to the to the Championship, and what did you sort of find were the most key differences? Um, yeah, it, it was um, it was difficult, obviously, because they you know the league above and they're better players and you know better quality that's probably the main thing that was the difference was the individual quality that some like most teams had in players whereas in league one league two it was kind of like a, a team game you know there wasn't as really a standout player but in the championship there is standout players and they will win games for you you know if you give them the chance so that was kind of the main thing um a little bit a little bit different you know but, but uh at the same time i I think I think I had an all right season the first the first season in the champ. I think it was a bit of up and down, you know. I had some good games, some bad games, and I know I did. And you know, I scored a few goals, and yeah, it, it, the main target for all of us was just to to stay in the championship. To be honest, you know, and get fans back, and then and then see where we can go from there. Yeah, I think it was it was a really you know it's a it's a, not just a big step up, but there was a lot of factors with it, and it did feel like a a difficult season at a time but you know we had Ostergaard he came on the podcast and spoke about some of that time and I think you know we used to we felt it a lot that the momentum and that belief that you had in the changing room sort of continued I think from the league one promotion and that must have been a massive support did you think that's what was going to help you stay up and did you have belief that you were going to stay up or was there times when you thought it could be could be tight um, yeah, I think the team spirit was a was a massive thing um, for us at the time, and it, it probably still is now for them because obviously, well, it is. I definitely know it is because obviously I speak to them daily. But yeah, they um, you know they pride themselves on team spirit, togetherness, and that kind of if things aren't going your way, you you stick together, and you know, in the end of the day, something's going to go and. You know, and then you know, once one person starts doing it, the other person then it kind of, what's the word? It kind of 
agree, it just continues, doesn't it? It builds yeah, up. It continues, and, and, yeah. And yeah. It, you start building momentum, momentum. And the big the big game for us that season was uh, Rotherham away. Yeah. Uh, Ostergaard scored the, the header and I, I was on the bench at the time, but I went mental. I jumped, I, I jumped out the bench, ran down the touchline, fist pump. Yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. That kind of sealed it for us to be in the champ for another year, and it was a, that was a massive, massive achievement for us. Yeah, we obviously secured Survivor, which is, which is really key. Um, and then obviously onto the, to last season, um, a real, it felt like a really special season. Obviously, a lot of factors involved, really. Um, being back at the CBS was one. Obviously, the fans being back as well um, for the for the first you know chance for the the fans to see the team in the championship. So, did it feel like a sort of special season for you? And were you were you very excited to sort of get back to the CBS in front of the fans? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to get back um, back to the CBS Arena for you know, for, obviously for the the crowd, the fans' sake as well as well as ours. Um, but yeah, they were you know massive, you know, a massive part for us that season as well to finish. I think finishing the top half that season, and it was um, you know gradually building steps for where they are now. And you can see that every year they've gone on to do, gone on to do better and better. And so the crowd obviously always play a massive part at home. You know the way they are, especially away as well. I mean, away from home, the tremendous um, noise atmosphere you'd think we were the home team if we went away and it was uh you know it was a massive part to get back to the rico well sorry the cbs so i still call it the rico now i, I can't help we all it, do but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We well. <laughs> but um but yeah that was a, a really big part for the next step in you know commentaries commentaries um in the, in the club as a whole do you feel like the the recruitment that summer was was important as well because obviously I feel like some of the players we signed that summer are now just such key players for us, right? You like the likes of Vic and Sheaf that we got on permanent deals. I feel like that summer was massive for us. Um, and again, did it give you that sort of confidence that we were in for a good season, a bit like you did in the League One season? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we bought in, we bought in obviously Vic now and tremendous player, and you know, Sheafy, um, Sheafy probably the the best midfield player, like keeping the ball, winning possession. I mean, he just, he's everywhere. And obviously with his song as well, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, the the signings that we made that season, it kind of, you know, pushed us on to then go on to do more. And um, yeah, it was a really good season. And, um, you know, we kind of established ourselves as a championship club then where, where we finished. I know you personally didn't play as many games as you had done in previous years. Was there were there any sort of frustrations for you personally around your game time? Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was always if I'm not playing, I'm always frustrated. It, it could I could play three games in a row, say in a week, and then not play the next game, and I'd still be frustrated. But that's just who I am. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to play. Um, even if my legs say I can't, I'm still going to give it a go and you know try and do my best. So it's it obviously not playing's always frustrating. I think I played. I guess I think I played 13 games something like that and you know I was I was missing out I wasn't in the squad I was I was sitting in the stands with my with my dad and my granddad and it was like I, you know it kind of it does get to you it does get you down um, but at the same time you know my mates are, are still playing and so I was still cheering them on um, 
you know, I'm still training hard. I still, you know, push them to be better as well as myself. And that's kind of where I was at that season. Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer, to answer the question, I was, I was very frustrated, but at the same time, you want, I wanted my teammates to do well and the team to do well. So it was, a. Uh, it was a bit, it was tough. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And we've got to talk about that goal against QPR. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, that was some strike that was. I mean, talk us through that one. Yeah, I mean, that, that goal was like, uh, it, we we talked about it after, I think I said this before, but we talked about it at half time that they didn't leave anyone on the edge of the box. And um, it was kind of like uh, set up quick five minutes. We were like, yeah, right, take the corner. Ships basically walk to the edge of the box and just get a free strike. And um, yeah, Toddy, obviously Toddy passed it in, put a few bubbles on it. And I was thinking, it was coming to us, I was thinking, oh no, this could go anywhere. But when I hit it, yeah, I just knew it was going in. And um, I had a lot of emotion come out, obviously, when I scored that goal because of the frustration that I had that season. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was a great goal. And um it was a great feeling as well to, you know, get that, get that um, chance again. Do you, do you practice stuff like that in training? Um, or was it, was it a bit spontaneous? No. Yeah. We obviously, we used to do corners all the time. Like, um, but yeah, we normally just put it in the box really and just, you know, see if anyone get ahead on it or land to someone else. But we never really did like a, a short, quick corner, you know, shoot or whatever. But that, that was kind of just like a in the moment thing to do. And, uh, you know, luckily it fell right to me and I, you know, went in the back of that. I suppose a bit like you said about the free kick at Luton, you know, that sometimes yeah. those moments where they're spontaneous, you don't overthink it. They come off yeah. better, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's interesting. Obviously, last season was an interesting one. You know, we are sort of the opposite to this year, really. We we started really well um, and then obviously tailed off a little bit. Was there anything in particular that you could sort of pinpoint that, that sort of caused that kind of, you know, not as good an end to the season? Um, uh, there's nothing sp- specific that I could pinpoint and say like this is why or this is how it kind of just it's kind of just the way that the season just kind of ended it was it was a weird one like um, it was it was difficult but I mean there's nothing that I could actually pinpoint out say like this went wrong or we didn't do this or we didn't do that it was just kind of the games just kind of took their course really and we we didn't really get the wins and the points that we thought we could have got um but yeah it was it was a difficult end to the season but at the same time you know we we still achieved something good that season you know staying in the champ and then um and then yeah it was kind of just one of those really you've talked about wanting to play every single minute that you possibly can and and you know you completely agree a lot of players say, you know, it's not a, a long, long career as, as a footballer and you want to achieve and play as much as you can. Um, and that, you know, sort of came to a, a, a an end, I guess, with, with Coventry City in, in 2022. Um, really sad moment for the fans, I think, because they'd just seen you grown from a, you know, a boy to a man. And with all of the input that you put in at the club from every single big momentous occasion, I think, every big occasion, you were you were sort of a permanent fixture there. What was the conversation that you had at the time with with the staff and, and the gaffer around around that? And you know how how did that lead you to then move moving on and looking at options elsewhere? 
Um, I mean, it started at the, um, probably November, December time that season when I just I wasn't playing really any games. I was playing twenty three games, and it was like a, it was a bit like I'm kind of at a a standstill. Really, I wasn't really doing much, and I felt like I wasn't you know being used like, at all. So it was at that point where I, I turned to like um, one of the members of staff, you know, for advice and. You know, it was like they just told me, you know, keep your head down, keep working hard, you get your opportunity. And, you know, it did, it did come, you know, with Peterborough away, I played on left wing back and that, you know, they gave me an opportunity to play a few games that season and, uh, you know, give it a go. But, uh, but yeah, that was, it was just an, a very emotional season. And then obviously tailing off towards the end, it was, um, it was like, I, I just, I just wanted to play football. Yeah. And um, as much as it hurt to not play, not be a commentary player anymore and not be with all the lads and, you know, the staff and that, it was kind of something that I needed to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and so obviously I knew before the the Stoke game that I was I was gone. Um, now I'd, I'd signed for Shrewsbury. Um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, the send-off was amazing. I mean, you know, fans were singing my song for about 10 minutes straight and, you know, I was crying like a baby, and it was it was an emotional day, and I was I was crying before I was crying when I got subbed off, and that was that was how uh, emotionally uh, emotionally drained I was from uh, from everything going on, and you know I I can't I can't thank the the staff and the you know the the fans enough for for what they did for me that day, and you know for years before that it was it was truly amazing to uh, to have my song sung like that as well. Yeah, uh, that song has been a you know we well we heard it the other night right in the uh, in the terraces but it's um you know it's great how, how does it feel to have that you know after you you know because some players can go seasons and years without without getting that it shows what I guess the the bond that Sky Blue Army had with with yourself yeah I mean I had the I had the he's one of our own but not County away that was that's when it started really. And that was, that was incredible. The noise that night and, you know, the feeling of, you know, at that night, it was like, what we had like two and a half, 3000 fans or maybe more and all singing my name and that song. And it was like, wow, like surreal moment. And then obviously that other song came out that season. You know, it was a great tune. I had, I had it humming pretty much all season. And, and then um, the Stoke, the Stoke away, it was, yeah, it was incredible. And, you know, fans fans are so good with making up songs like that and you know you don't really think how have they done that how have they managed to but there's someone there's someone sat there you know twiddling their thumbs to get you know what the right uh the right lyrics to the song and yeah i mean it's even some of the songs now i mean they're incredible i was singing them all, i was singing them all night on um wednesday night and uh yeah it's it's just it's great how they how they can put words together and you know make a song and yeah i'm thankful for uh for that song and and um yeah it's great there's a couple of questions that we're going to finish off with and they're more the ones that actually our fans can also think about as they listen to this and, and think about what their favorites are so they're not going to ever time unfortunately get close to replicating what you've done in a in a coventry city shirt and, and it was an, it, absolutely amazing so but they can join in with a few of these um kicking off with your favorite coventry kit it, i would say one in your time at the club and then because of being a supporter, your your favourite kit? 
So my my one for playing would would be we only wore it once and it would be the playoff final. I really like that kit with obviously you had the badge and the the little writing in the middle and that yeah that kit for being a one off special was um yeah it was incredible to where I've got it framed in downstairs with all the medals and stuff and yeah I think that kit was just really nice to wear. Nice. And then um and then growing up I did like. I did like the the green and black away kit, um, but I also I also am a big fan of the brown one from um, from where, way back to be honest. But yeah, I'm really big fan of that. Yeah, even before to, me that one, so that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see if I can get one of them to be honest. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still still on the search for it. Nice. And um, if you had to pick a five aside team from all of your players that you've played with. Uh, your time at Coventry who would who would feature in that including uh, yourself obviously so five aside with myself so four and then one keeper you can go for a keeper yeah we yeah, should have one right. in there could get beat otherwise yeah my my keeper would be Marco Marco in goal and then I'd have one at the back one at the back would have to be Fads uh See, now this is tough because then I've only got. I'd say they're not listening, but we hope they are. <laughs> yeah. Go with. If I'm going with players that are my favourite that I played with, who had a big impact on my game as well as the teams, I'd go Zane Westbrook, me, and then Matty Godden. Nice. Lovely. I yeah. think that would win a couple of games. Basically, basically a League One team. <laughs> <laughs> and to flip that, who's the best player that you've ever played against? Best player that I've ever played against? Well, we've had a few, haven't we? Um, I'll probably say that. You know that the Brighton game in the FA Cup when we lost, was it 3-1? I'd probably, I'd probably say... Um, he, what's his name? Uh, March, March, Solly March. I mean, he was incredible that day, and yeah, I'd, I'd probably say him. He was kind of he caused us all sorts of problems, and yeah, I think I, I think I said his name in our our program this season as well. So yeah, I'd probably say Solly March. Real, Thanks. not bad players. <laughs> and just to finish things off, Shippers, um, do you have any sort of words or a message for the for the Sky Blue Army? Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, is uh, I had a I had a great great time at Coventry, you know, coming through and getting my chance in the first team and playing in front of playing in front of all all you fans and it's it's been an incredible journey. Um, I'm so thankful still to this day of what um, of how they've been, how they've taken me in, and um, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll see you all at Wembley and. Uh, we can get back to the promised land. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, yeah. yeah, Shivers, I just want to say as well, you know, a massive thank you on behalf of all of our listeners and and on behalf of the Sky Blue Army as well. Um, firstly, you've given up some of your time to come on. You know, we really appreciate it. But also mainly for all of your passionate performances wearing the Sky Blue shirt and, and for all the brilliant memories that you've created. So thanks a lot for that. Cheers, mate. Thank you. And listeners, do make sure you're following our partners, Skyview Tavern and Dylan's Brewery, across their social channels. 
And as always, if you want to get involved in the conversation, all you need to do is use the hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.